by first focusing very narrowly on what you're trying to achieve. And then by using this very specific process, I like to say we, we try to maximize the speed of creation while minimizing the chances of rework. Hi, and welcome to Helping People Perform, the podcast that gives you fascinating insights into those people whose chosen vocation is to help others perform at their best. From consultants to teachers, sports coaches to financial advisors, all of my guests share a passion for getting the most out of individuals, teams, and organizations. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Helping People Perform. I'm joined by another amazing guest this week. Delighted having, to have in the studio with me today, all the way from LA, we have founder and chief learning officer at Better Everyday Studios. Welcome to the show today, Matt Jertsen. Thanks, Paul. I'm really excited to be with you. I love just just the premise of, of the whole show. I think there's a lot of similarities with what I like to, to talk about and do. Yeah, I mean, from the connections we've had up to now, I think you know what what I've seen of your work, it's very much about helping people perform at their best, with some extremely interesting backstory as well, and uh, <laughs> and history that I'm sure we're going to dive into. So uh, maybe yeah. we can start with that. Tell us a bit about yourself in terms of what got you to where you are today. Yeah. So uh, like you said, my name's Matt Jertsen. I'm down here in LA. Uh, yeah, have a little bit different of a background. So the main thing that I do is I'm a talent development person. So that means I, I help companies build employee training, uh, training to help them, you know, everything from orientation and onboarding when people first join a company, uh, their compliance training to leadership training, and then all the way at, all the way to skills training. Yeah. So, you know, for a lot of listeners who aren't familiar with talent development or learning development, you know, we, I, I fall under big picture HR, you know, like right. that's kind of typically where I, where I, where I sit, but it's not where I started in any way. Uh, so I actually, I, I started as an instructor pilot in the U S air force. That's, that's what I did for the first part of my career for about nine years. I was actually wow. not just flying planes, but teaching people how to fly planes. Uh, in order to do that, they send you to a school to teach you how to teach, you know, so Brilliant. spent a lot of time doing, doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. I had, I had joined the air force, because I was a space nut and I wanted to be an astronaut. So I became a pilot to be an astronaut. So I've always been really into space. And so when it came time to leave the Air Force, I really wanted to work at SpaceX. And right. I had no idea how I was going to get in there. I, I literally, like I, I left active duty without any job prospects. I like <laughs> to say I kind of, I jumped out of the plane and hoped I would find a parachute on the, right. on the way down. <laughs> So I was frantically, you know, LinkedIn networking, all, all that kind of stuff and managed to connect with the launch site director at, at Vandenberg, the space, SpaceX's launch director at their, at their Vandenberg launch site in California. Amazing. And he just said, well, hey, we need help with training. Have you, have you ever done training? And I was like, well, hey, I mean, I was, I was, I was an instructor pilot. Sure, I've, I've trained people. You know, <laughs> yeah. I can, I'm sure I can figure that out. No idea that like, like many people, you know, no idea that learning and development exists, n n no, none of that. Uh, so I managed to become a contractor at their launch site for about a year. And that uh, got me into, I must, must have done a good job because uh, I was able to get the job to lead the whole training and development team for SpaceX. And so that's what brought me down here to LA. Uh, so that's where I learned about learning and development yeah. and this whole idea of, of helping people. And I just fell in love with it. 
Right. I, um, you know, I did it at SpaceX for four and a half years. Then I went to another startup as well. And it was actually, it was interesting because um, when I first came to LA, kind of from the time I left active duty to a little bit after I, I moved down here to LA, I was, it was all, it was super stressful. Like my wife and I, we, we did the big three all at the same time. I changed jobs. We moved and had our first kid all at the same time. Right. <laughs> so um, it was super stressful. So I had to do a lot of kind of self-development work during, right. during that time. And mm. I, I went to, like, I went to a Tony Robbins seminar and walked on fire and, and did all that, that, all that stuff. Yeah. And so like you, obviously, I'm just like crazy passionate about this idea of helping people achieve their best. Like yep. what, what could we all really do with ourselves? I think most people don't come near tapping into their potential. And that's because we don't know how to tap our own potential. We don't know how to help others tap, tap their potential. And so really where I'm at now, kind of what I'm trying to do with Better Ready Studios is, is find more ways to connect those two ideas of, I think we have so much passion and energy in the personal development world. Mm. And honestly, in the corporate L and D world, not a lot of passion and energy. Right. Yeah. You know, it's the it's the <laughs> compliance click through thing. It's yeah. the one hour how to be a better leader. Um, it's just it's just not the same. And and I think a big a big part of that is a focus on results, a focus on behavior, getting mm. really specific. And so that's what I do now with Better Day Studios is I help companies build better training build better training programs, right. um, you know, by making them more specific, making them a lot simpler, making them repetitive. So no, nobody's going to learn, nobody's going to change their behavior through a 15 minute e-learning. Like, let's just be clear. It's yeah. not going to happen. But if you make that e-learning really simple, so you're focusing on one idea, and then you pair that e-learning with some live training that repeats that same behavior again and again, maybe there's a chance. Uh, so that's what we do. Brilliant stuff. I mean, there's so much to dive into just, just from that piece, really. And uh, I've scribbled down a few notes here. And I think, you know, um, firstly, go back to it all. And you said that you always wanted to be an astronaut. You know, that, yeah. that's often something that uh, small kids will, uh, yes. will talk about. Yes. Um, and I, I don't want to uh, uh, sort of disrespect this, but a lot of people maybe grow out of that a little bit. But is it, so totally. obviously, obviously that stayed with you. So what was it about that that uh, stuck with you all those years? You know, I, I honestly don't know. Um, I got to believe it's it's in my genetics or something. Right. In, in fact, there's this great uh, there's this great YouTube video called Wanderers that I highly recommend everyone look up. It's you'll know what it is because it's a voiceover with Carl Sagan. Right. And it's just a series. The, the imagery is a series of fictional like 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 creations of real places in the solar system. Right. And having and people being there. So it's like people are base jumping off of cliffs on Enceladus. And, and you know, it's this whole thing like that. And the voiceover from Carl Sagan is this idea of how some people are just wanderers there's just this natural desire to what you know things might be good over the, here but maybe they're better over there like what if, what's over you know and if you think about the whole history of the human race yeah there's obviously we, we spread and spread and spread and there is there's there's these both sides you need people who are really good at 
being established and settled and like yeah. building everything out and building efficiencies and building systems and building civilizations. But there's a portion of what we need to survive, which is also that like, but what about over there? <laughs> and, I, and I honestly think I just, I just have a little bit of that. I'm just really interested. I still plan on being an astronaut as crazy as that sounds. I think it'll be a different form. I think we're on the verge of there being thousands and thousands and thousands of, of civilian astronauts. Um, yeah. And so it's still, it's still a dream of mine. And it's just, I, I don't know, it's just always been this desire to, to ex explore and, and see what's out there. Brilliant. Uh, I'm, I'm smiling to myself because uh, uh, fairly much on repeat at the moment, we've got Moana on my daughter's uh, yes, <laughs> I, yes. idea of wayfinders and people yes. who, who have just got that itch to go to the next place and to try something different. 100%. And, uh, yeah. it, and it's so interesting you bring that up because I've often done this thought exercise. I don't know enough to be able to answer this. I'd love to talk to people who really know. And I'd love to compare what is crazier the idea of us in our current state going to Mars and making things work on Mars or the, you know, the Peloponnesians and, you know, people thousands and thousands of years ago making it to Hawaii mm. and making it work there. Like, that's insane. Like, that's insane. Um, and so I just think if they, if they could do it, we can do it. <laughs> I mean, such an inspiring thought. And, um, and the other part I noted down here is around that initial journey and the fact that you sort of found yourself in the L&D space. And uh, this is familiar to me in a lot of ways, um, probably more leaning towards the facilitation back in my day. You know, yep. it's like you yep. get involved with it because that's what the business you're in needs at that point. Yep. You find yep. as if you've got a passion. Um, and then you, you know, I, I think about my wife as well as being in L&D. Uh, but she's gone from being uh, all sorts, being a teacher to running a store to um, to, and to then going, oh, we need people to be trained in what's happening in this store. Oh, there's yep. an L&D itch here. Oh, maybe I'm really good at this. I like it and start to go down those routes. And I think it's one of those general um, sort of vocations in life where there's not many people that I know who've gone in to be in L&D. They've, yeah. they've often found themselves because of, uh, where it's at. And, uh, and it, it, I'm taking it. That's uh, your experience there as well. Is it? hundred percent. I think that's, that's really is exactly a lot of people just kind of find themselves there. Um, it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. I, I, I think, you know, being somebody who now does B2B sales of L and D services, it's, it's puts me in a really weird spot. I feel like, cause most people, not even in the world, but most people in business, don't know that L and D exists. <laughs> you know, that's entirely our fault. We've yeah. done a poor job of, you know, delivering real results to the business, acting like we were really part of the business and helping achieve, you know, strategic objectives. Um, but it certainly is something that I just kind of stumbled into, yeah. and I'm very, very glad that I did. Yeah. And the the final bit I just want to touch on. I mean, the the part that I'm sure. Uh, piques a lot of interest for people as that SpaceX experience. You know, um, it's one of those things. I, I spent some time working at McLaren and had the ability to work in that Very real cool. high yeah. performance environment. Um, yeah. And actually our mission control, which is a lot of a lot of the stories, a lot of the experience that I've had ties into that. It's very much how I uh, tell people about it. It's, it's a bit like you're looking at NASA and you've, you're looking at mission control there. You know, you've got the big screens in front of you and that sort of decision making high performance environment was that the reality for space spacex was the environment 
you know, that high performing and uh, high pressure for you? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, that probably that probably had a lot to do with why I was going to Tony Robbins seminars and things. It was right. a lot of imposter syndrome and yep. <laughs> really feeling like I needed to up my game. There is, I mean, I can't imagine, I, I literally cannot imagine a more, for, for somebody like me, a more inspirational place to work. Because right. even though I'm, you know, sitting in my office in my kind of cubicle area, that the whole office area, these three floors of engineers and HR people and supply chain and all those folks, you're attached to the factory where they build everything. And so I'm sitting there sending out an email, doing whatever. And then I get to just like go out and eat my lunch, watching people build Merlin engines and plug them into Falcon rockets. And, oh, hey, there's the next Falcon Heavy that's going up. And, oh, my gosh, on the ceiling. Do you know what that is? That's the very first Dragon capsule to go into space and come back. Mm. Uh, I mean, it, it couldn't have been more inspiring. And then just from a, you know, no nonsense performance perspective, I, mm. I think there's, there's a lot of different, you know, SpaceX isn't for everybody, for sure. It's not, it's not a culture that's conducive to it. They're, they're forever. That's not conducive to everybody. I don't think it's where everyone is going to perform at their highest, right. but it certainly is. It's like, look, results are what matters. And Elon, you know, he's he's said this to the people in South Texas right now. You know, he he really does have this idea of like, let's say we knew right now that an asteroid was coming to destroy the Earth in three years. Work that hard, right? <laughs> right? You know, like like that's the because I think he is a hundred percent sober minded in this idea of just how big the challenge is when, you know, people might think, you know, there's a lot of different opinions of, of Elon and of SpaceX and just like, um, you know, is it all for show? You know, you know, like it's not like the, the I used to do onboarding for, for the company, for the whole company. Mm. And the mission statement of make life multiplanetary is real. Wow. Like it's really, truly what every person there is trying to do. And they do realize how crazy that is. Right. <laughs> that's that's why, like when I was there, I I always used to kind of joke that I thought the best SpaceX employees were the ones who were thinking about quitting, right. because it meant they truly understand just how much work, just how crazy this is, just how much work there is to do, and they know they're good enough to have other options. Right. Right. And so that's that's what I always used to say when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant stuff. I mean, I've, I've talked a lot to um, various people about the importance of the environment for performance. You know, the yeah. things that and, and it doesn't have to be. I mean, it's, it's great if you've got a space rocket or a Formula One car or the medals that your uh, your business has won or the history that's there. But it doesn't have to be necessarily that it can, anything that connects you to the purpose of that organization yes. and, the, and the history and the DNA as to what's yeah. made it so great up to that point. And, um, you know, and what can you do inspire you to go, this is amazing. That's been achieved so far. My mission is to take it that one step further and to yep. stand on those shoulders of the giants. It's a uh, yeah, exactly. loads, loads of great stuff that can be had in any organization. I think it's a, uh, it's brilliant stuff. And um, so totally agree. Maybe let's dig a little bit more into what you do now. So I'll often ask people, you know, who do you help and how do you help them? You've talked a little bit about uh, Better Everyday Studios. So 
Um, who are your audience? You know, who do you generally work with and what are you doing to help them perform at their best? Yeah, so we work with a wide range of companies. Given my background, I tend to focus on aerospace and defense companies, but we work with many other clients as well. Yep. These are all probably what I would say are medium-sized companies, you know, so they're ranging anywhere from, you know, 500 employees to 5,000 employees, some, something something like that. Yeah. So they they have some talent development practices, but maybe not a ton. They don't have a ton of resources devoted to it. And I think ultimately we, we help them in a couple of different ways, but the majority of it is really helping people focus on outcomes in their learning and then building the learning that is suited towards those outcomes. Because there's a lot of mm. kind of backwards things that that happen in L&D a lot for, for various reasons. Um, and a lot of those reasons are, are understandable. But very often it's like, you know, we get stuck on a trend of, you know, say micro learning. We want to make 10 minute courses. Oh, great. And then we try to make the 10 minute course fit into like every out, whatever right. outcome that we're trying to achieve. Mm. Or we don't even know what the outcome is. Like we, we never ask that. And so I always start by, you know, I, I help companies go through the whole thing. So we start with identifying the need. So we're talking to the subject matter expert, we're talking to the stakeholder, and I always start with the question of what behavior are you trying to change? That's what I really try to focus on because I mm -hmm. think we've all been done a huge disservice by school yep. in that we all, whenever, since we all went through school, when we think training, when we think learning, when we think any of that stuff, we think of school and school is all about knowledge, right? It's just like big knowledge dump, you know, you're just shoving books in your head. And we just don't care about that in mm. corporate L&D. We care about behaviors, we care about outcomes. And so yeah. starting by helping people focus on those outcomes, what's the behavior you're trying to change? And then we have really just in the last, like the last half of, of 2023, we really focused on a streamlined approach to developing content that's very specific to help figure out the outline. Like what's the stuff that we needs to be in here, writing the script, creating a storyboard, building the actual product. And create and because that's another challenge that a lot of content creation has right. is that it just takes too long. Mm. And by the time you get it out there, yeah. um, it's it's no longer relevant. And so by first focusing very narrowly on what you're trying to achieve. And then by using this very specific process, I like to say we we try to maximize the speed of creation while minimizing the chances of rework. And so that's kind of like oh, wonderful. The, yeah. the the middle ground that we're that we're trying to that we're trying to hit. So we make the content and then we give it to them. And then uh, when I started Beverly Studios, one of the things that I did is I as I asked myself, so when I was on the receiving end of this stuff, when I was internal to a company, what are all the things that I hated right. about, about content vendors and how do I not do that? Yeah. And so a big one of that is there's no licensing, there's no per seat costs, there's no monthly subscription. We right. help you make the content and then it's yours, even, even to the source files right. so that you can take this on and make little tweaks, edits, whatever it is. Right. So I think those are some of our differentiating factors is that because of my background, I have the skill set to really do that detailed analysis of mm. what are the real needs here. With me and my team, we have this super streamlined process to make stuff pretty pretty quickly. Yep. And then finally, just the fact that it is 100% yours at the end of this process to, to do what you want with it. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm feeling some of those pains that I've seen myself and seen a lot of organizations I work with. The um, the two ones that really strike home there, one, the, the speed of delivery. I mean, the, yes. um, I think gone are the days, hopefully, um, but it seems you, you've really hit hit on this where, you know, you'd, you'd go in, you say, oh, I need this bit of training material, need this package. They may have a detailed conversation about what you need, what are the user experiences, you know, all the rest of it, then go away. And then a few months later, come back with the final package and go, there you go. And by the way, if you want any yep. amendments, that's going to be an extra 10 grand or whatever it might be on yep. top of that, you know, so exactly. Yeah, it, it, uh, the frustrations of, of just not seeing being part of the, the process or not seeing yes. it quickly yes. enough to, to be able to go No, actually, it's a conversation I've had a lot recently where People go into workshops, they go into training programs, they do this with an idea as to what they want. But like any good product design, it's iterative. They go in and go, oh, actually, now that I've seen that, yeah, that's that's not really what I need. I need something else. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not until yeah. they see those prototypes, they see the, uh, the things coming through, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. And I think that was really the key thing that we unlocked last year in this development process is... Right. Figuring out the making, because the the exactly what you just said, that is what makes the timelines get so long in mm -hmm. this creation process is when you get too far into it and you're like, oh, I actually want this mm -hmm. or I need this whole new idea. And so we really, <laughs> yeah, you got to rewind and redo. Yeah. And, and so we really try to push lots of conversations early and often so that we can make sure that you're, you know, because when you're in the outline phase, you can add all, all the ideas you want. If you yeah. have a good idea, if you like, that's easy to add it in there. When we get to the scripting phase, okay, so like you want it really, you, you sure you want that new idea now? Like I, I can add it in. It's not hugely painful, but it might mean a lot of rework and I got to change this script here and change the script there. By the time we get to the storyline, from, the goal of this process is when we're at the storyline, no more. Right. Like there are no more new ideas at that point. We have squeezed all that juice out. But though everybody, you you might worry about that, but what if I have a great new idea? That's okay. Because this whole process is still doing it this way makes it short. Yeah. So we'll do that in V2. Right. Right. Hold on to that good idea. Let's try what we have now yeah. first. Let's launch it. Let's see how it goes. That's what my, my on the back of my shirt it says. Just launch it. Right. That's my whole thing. <laughs> um, and so uh, we'll do that in V two. Yeah. For that good idea. Yeah, and uh, just launching it. That's a, a great little slogan. One to connect with your uh, your whole background yeah. and your your view. Yeah. But, yeah. but what yeah. a what a great lesson because people then get the value. And if then yes. and you can see immediately if they're not getting that value if they're not getting the full value. I think there's nothing worse than going, oh, we're not getting the full value, therefore it will, we don't want to put, uh, put it out there. Well, I'm getting some value. So is some, yeah. is some value better than no value? And we'll, we'll work on that and we'll iterate, you know? So yeah. yeah, speed of delivery is a real, real game changer. Real, real thing. And it is, it is the number one lesson I took away from SpaceX is the importance of iteration. Like you just, you got to do it. I mean, even... You know, so you think about SpaceX. So SpaceX, here's a company that has, you know, a decade plus of launching. Falcon 9 is the most successful rocket in the history of rockets. Now they're going to go. So Falcon, for people who don't know, you know, Falcon 9 is this medium lift launch vehicle. It's, um, what is it? I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. 
it's like three meters wide. I think, I think it's, I think it's three meters wide. Yeah. Um, and they've been launching it for years, super successful. They're going to change. They're shifting to building this new rocket, which is nine meters wide. Like it's huge. It's way right. bigger. Yeah. Whole new thing. So they have all this history. They take that into the build rocket, into this new rocket. It's this new rocket. They start doing it iteratively. The early tests, they're just launching like one little bit of it. And the first few tests all failed. Hmm. And in an interview, Elon said, like, despite everything they knew from Falcon 9, despite all the analysis that they had done, the reasons those first few launches had failed were not on their list of these are the reasons this thing's going to fail. Right. Right. Like despite everything that they knew, they couldn't predict what was actually going to happen in the real world. Yeah. And so to everybody who's holding anything tight and be like, oh, but I just want to make this week. You have absolutely no idea how it's actually going to function in the real world. You just you don't. So just <laughs> put it out there and learn. Brilliant. What a, I mean. What a lesson in itself, you know, just a yeah. great, great one just to, to listen to and reflect on what you're doing at the moment and uh, and to see how you can apply that thinking to yourself. You know, uh, sure. what do you what are you holding on to? What's stopping you from launching? What what can you do to uh, to test that out and get it out in the world? Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, exactly. And so we try to take that kind of philosophy, you know, to step away from like the things we do to how we help companies. We take that philosophy to all parts of a company. You know, so it starts with compliance training. How do we take your normal boring compliance training, make it streamlined, faster, simpler to use? Yeah. Your hiring process, how, how do you train hiring managers, how to interview people so that you can you know, decrease your new hire retention and in, uh, speed up your ramp time, manager training, skill training. You know, So the content that we're taking that whole design philosophy and applying it to those real business challenges. Oh, fantastic stuff. And uh, um, all of this leads to, I guess, my, my next question, and you, you've touched upon it a little bit, which is, how do you remain at the top of your game? You know, what do you to help uh, you do to help yourself perform? Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. I think one thing for sure is is fitness. I'm, I've been into fitness for a really long time. So I'm pretty religious about uh, at least on the weekdays, like I, I wake up at like 4.45 and drag myself to the gym because I, wow. I know if I'm not going to do it, then I'm, if I don't do it, then I'm not going to do it. You know, the day starts and yeah. family and job. And so, uh, but if I don't get that in, I'm not going to feel good. So that's, right. that's the number one thing. I did have uh, like a mindfulness practice, you know, of, of meditation. I, I will say I've been off of it for a little while, but mm. early on, that was really, really important to me. And I think for anybody who's anybody that's on the fence about mindfulness or meditation, uh, at least from my perspective, don't feel like you have to do it forever. Mm. But if you can do it for a good six months, just like the separation that you can build between yourself and your brain and yourself and your ideas, I think is critically important. Going back to what we were just talking about, about mm. iteration and putting stuff out there, being on social media. Once you can create that separation, it's a lot easier to launch stuff, have it fail, be okay with it, learn. Then you know the number one reason we don't learn, in my opinion, is ego. Right. Like because our brain is amazingly good at rationalization. Yeah. Um. Like <laughs> like staggeringly good <laughs> at rationalizing things, and so you need to build up that practice of separating yourself and your ideas mm. um 
so that you can remove that ego and just take things as they are like, yep, that didn't work. Oh, I thought that was a good idea. That was a bad idea. Yeah. You know, I think, and that, and that helps me stay on my game too. Uh, I was just talking to somebody who she, she is a neuro, a true neuroscientist, like a true researcher in this field. And the, probably one of the leading experts on the science of learning. Right. And a few months ago, I had published an article in ATD, the Association of Talent Development, their magazine, and uh, touching on brain science in my own way. Like I'm, I, I, I try to make very clear, I'm not trained in this. This is just like a practitioner's view. Yep. And she kind of, she, she messaged me. She didn't publicly call me out, thank you, but she messaged me. She was just like, hey, you know, you're kind of speeding on a few things here and some of these ideas, you're making some generalizations. And I was like, great, thank, thank you for saying that. Awesome. And I took that and I kind of, looked at what I said and reconstructed, I'm, I'm working on reconstructing all these ideas. So um, have at, at some point in your life, having some kind of mindfulness practice, I really think helps build that separation mm -hmm. so that when you get that criticism, you're like, cool, because they're criticizing the idea. They're not yeah. criticizing you. Yeah, that, that ability to not take things personally is that's yeah. a game changer for a lot of people, isn't it? That's wonderful. Yeah. And um, so let's uh, let's ask you this then if you you've got this skill set you've got this experience um and you've got this business you know if you could help any individual or team or organization to perform even better than they are now who would you want that to be so for a while my tagline was um building a better future through learning and development that's kind of how i thought of it and yeah. so I love helping. This is kind of, this is pretty broad. I love helping organizations that are really trying to like build some new thing in the world. Right. You know, so that's a lot of, that's a lot of space companies. I'm obviously a big believer in space and the space economy. And so, you know, rocket startups or, um, you know, anybody doing anything in, in the space world, I'm all about but that then also transitions into, you know, energy infrastructure, just like I, I love helping. We're at this weird point, I think, everywhere in the world where we just have so much that needs to get physically built. I feel like we've, we've spent, you know, who is it? Mark Andreessen or somebody who said years ago, you know, the, the world is getting eaten by software. Software is eating the world. Right. And it's really true. Like it's just the last couple of decades have been all about coding all of our solutions yeah. to things. And that's honestly gotten us to the point where we just have a lot of stuff that needs to get physically built. I remember when I, when I was at SpaceX, there was a time where the limiting factor on the company was the ability to find tube benders, like literally people who were qualified to use these machines that would take straight metal tubes and bend them right. Right, in, a very, in a very precise way. And that just, you know, just like the importance of like, building things is, yeah. is, can't be underestimated. Mm -hmm. So I know that's very broad, but anybody who's out there like trying to like really build something for the future. Oh, wonderful. So if you're out there, <laughs> make sure you, you connect yeah. up with Matt after, off the back of this. And let's flip that on its head a little bit then and say, if you were able to sit down, have a coffee, have a meal and learn from any individual or maybe a group of people, um, you know, something that would help you perform at your best, who would you want that to be? So I think there's there's a couple of people that come to mind. One is a author, Lisa Feldman Barrett. She wrote a book called How Emotions Are Made. Um, she has a new book out as well. And 
that book kind of changed my life. It really, it really, I really did learn a lot from that. So, um, sitting down and having more of a conversation with her, diving into some of the stuff that she talks about and applying it to the people that I'm teaching, applying it to myself, mm. I think would be, would be really cool. Cause we are very emotional creatures, that, you know, and having a better understanding of that and how the brain works. Um, I think that would be great. Awesome. And you said, yeah. you said there were a couple, is there another person? So, there? yeah, so she's my first one. Another one that comes to mind, same kind of vein is Anders Ericsson. He has passed away, but he is also, he's a, a researcher on kind of like the memory of, of uh, the, the science of memory and peak performance. He has a book called peak that similarly kind of, kind of changed my life. Yeah. And so, uh, he would, he would be a really neat person to sit down with. And then the final one that I'll just say, like, it would. I'm, I gotta believe it would be life-changing to have a conversation with Tony Robbins. Like, right. I just, I gotta believe it would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of people I've talked to, I mean, whether you love him or hate him or anywhere in yeah. between, you know, it, yeah. it, the energy of the guy is unbelievable. So yeah. the energy and, and if you ever go to a con to a, a conference or an event of his, like you gotta, you, you get it. Like he's a salesman. Like the whole third day is just sales. Like, right. cool. But like, get past that. Yeah. It can, it, it can be a pretty crazy event brilliant um and so we'll put the links in definitely to those books that you've mentioned and uh, and also I, I made a note earlier on the wanderer uh, youtube video yeah. let's make sure we get that but in terms of other links as well how do people get in touch with you matt where do they go to find you to reach out and to find out more about the great stuff you do absolutely so i'm super active on linkedin so you can always find me there um that you know i'm very yeah very active on linkedin on there every day yeah uh our website is uh bettereverydaystudios.com yep and then also la middle of last year started up a podcast of my own called making better mm -hmm. uh where we kind of we talk to a lot of talent development professionals but the goal is really to uh focus on kind of a broader audience i think you know this everybody in our lives at some point we're teaching somebody something yes and especially in our professional lives you know if you're a manager if you're a team leader if you're a subject matter expert your ability to distill down the information that you have in your head and put it into other people's heads and make them action on it yeah very very useful skill and so that's what we try to help help people how do you make people better superb so we'll make sure that we've got all of those links as always. Uh, and as always, I'll always encourage my audience to reach out, you know, do reach out, connect with uh, with the guests here, check out the great stuff. I mean, I've been having a uh, look at some of the website stuff and some of your posts on LinkedIn as well. So there's some amazing stuff. I know you did a live session just today prior to this recording. Uh, and we were talking about that experience beforehand. So check out Matt's uh, content there and do reach out. And finally, just thanks so much for sharing your story and for sharing some of those amazing insights today. Thanks for being on the show today, Matt Jetson. Absolutely, Paul. It has been fantastic. Thank you so much. Cheers now. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, then please give the podcast a rate, review, and share. I'm Paul Teasdale, and from sausage making to banking, oil and gas to Formula One, I help people perform. If you'd like to find out more and have a conversation, contact me via helpingpeopleperform.com.